What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 14, season 5. My name is Jim Eichelbone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith and boy wonder Travis Ballinghoff. If you're not listening live or watching live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and give us a, a listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, feel free to drop a comment uh, and leave a five-star rating in the ratings. Um, let's also shout out our affiliate site, fullpresscoverage.com. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where you can now find the Pot Street Bully podcast and the Time My Skates podcast. All right, Jack Trav, it's... Uh, been a little bit over a week since our we last recorded an episode. Uh, I guess a little bit more positive of an episode, if if we can say that, because there's not as much uh, negative going on. Even though the Flyers uh, went two and three last week and are in our two and four in their last six, it's still not as bad as things were during our last episode. So. Um, yeah, let's get to it. We're going to have a special guest joining us in, in just a little bit, Miss Kelly Hankel of Broad Street Hockey. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, let's let's get to the good stuff right away. Uh, Flyers had a recent run of, of good of good hockey being played uh, before last week. Uh, they had five games in seven days where they got trounced by the Boston Bruins six nothing, rebounded with the win against Anaheim. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that that third game there, I think we all expected to be a win against Chicago. Uh, they lost 4-1, rebounded with a win against Detroit, uh, and then attempted to come back in the game. They were down 3-0 against Winnipeg, uh, wound up losing, I think it was 5-3. So 2-3 and three week, should have probably been 3-2, and two, but hey, what are you going to do? Uh, Flyers currently 20-21-8, and eight, heading into tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, what are we thinking, guys? Uh, I mean, where are we at right now with the Philadelphia Flyers? They're they're just about 500. I know that people out there will say, you know, they're not even close to hockey 500 or they're at hockey 500. Uh, they're not really at 500, but Jack, what are your, how are you feeling about this team right now? I mean, they're fun to watch. Uh, I mean, it's something I didn't think I would say going into this season. Um, I'm loving anything the young guys do in any capacity. Noah Cates on <laughs> starting game top line center. Who'd have thought, you know? And um, I just, I just like to they're not like they're losing some games, but they're not giving up. It's close. You have overtime games. I don't think they're a 500 club. Uh, I think when they play the big dogs, they're going to struggle, but they're taking care of business better than some other previous teams did against some uh, uh, talent around their level, if not lower. And that's about all you can ask for. If you take away the fact that they should probably be finishing at the bottom of the league aside. Um, yeah. They're, they're just much, much more structured. Definitely a Tortorella team. It's the best way you could say. It's the best you could say about it, and uh, therefore they're a lot more fun to watch. And you're seeing some nice development. Yeah, Trav, you want to follow up there? Yeah, I mean he said it pretty perfect. Um, I don't think they're a good team. Don't think they're a bad team either. Um, they're better than I thought they'd be. They're fun to watch. Um, there's some guys producing that I didn't expect to see produce. Look at a lot of these depth guys down low. Nick Sealer. Uh, Zach McHugh and even Risto's having a good little stretch here. Um, can't we're watching the game here? Cam York just had a really bad turnover. Um, but yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm not really ready to call them a good team um, because, like Jack said, I think once we start playing more division games, the real Flyers are going to come out. 
Um, but they're fun to watch. I mean, that Kings game, they had a really sloppy first five minutes and then they looked pretty solid the rest of the game. Um, I think that's kind of been the case for last two months, maybe, maybe not two months, but a decent stretch of time here. That was it. That was the Kings game is the game. So they could have easily gone four and one, I think last week. Uh, if, if if I remember correctly, I'll bring up the schedule real quick. What was the last game they lost? Was that Winnipeg or the Kings? Kings. Okay, so never mind. Lost in overtime. Yeah. All right. So uh, believe it or not, last week was the first week since the uh, December 13th to 17th stretch that the Flyers were actually a negative in the win-loss column for the week. <clears throat> and so like, I'm kind of looking at it like – you know how the Phillies, it's like, okay, all you got to do is win two out of three every series and you're going to be a good baseball team. Well, for just about a month, if, if, if not a little bit over a month, the Flyers were winning two out of three, three out of four games every week since the middle of December until this past week where they went two and three. So pretty good stretch. Um, it's going to be a little tougher for them now. They, you know, they're, they're riding a two-game losing streak. And they're facing the Minnesota Wild tonight, or a pretty good hockey team. Uh, and they finish up this uh, the first half of the season with a, a, a road game up in the tundra in Winnipeg. So, um, yeah, they got their work cut out for them here. They have an opportunity to finish out the first half of the year over 500 with two straight wins, but it's going to be a tall task. So, um, <clears throat> first topic I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit here. Uh, and, and I don't think – not that we should be giving – this guy very much credit, but how much credit does Chuck Fletcher deserve for, for what's happening with this team for the last month or so? I mean, you have Travis Konechny producing, I, I would say at a top line rate, you know, a, a, a budge, a burgeoning, bud, budding star. Uh, and he signed him to what? Uh, I think he's making five something million a year. That contract's looking pretty good now. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, up until his last five games, was was looking like a pretty good move. He's like minus 10 in his last five games. Um, Ristolainen seems to be coming along. I mean, all the all these guys seemingly coming around because maybe he hired the right coach. What do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, I'll, I'll there... start it off. Uh, I'm not giving the dude any credit. Uh, <laughs> first off, because of your last point, about him hiring the right coach. He didn't even want to hire that coach. That was Bobby Clark, John Tortorella, and everyone else in that front office, and this legal advisor team, whoever the hell they hired. Um, and I'm not giving him any other credit because this is starting. Oh, we got a goal. We got a goal. Wait, wait, who scored it? I don't oh, know. It dribbled in. There it is. It came from the point. I don't know if it deflected or not. They almost scored before that. That's what I thought you were going for. No, Cates. Is he at the point? Really? Or did he, did he I think I think Risto too. shot it. Yeah, it looked like it was a scrum right in front. It must have hit off him. We need a deflection, boys. Was it was it Cates with the deflection? First line center, Noah Cates. God damn it! I mean, that's good, but I bet on like ten guys to score first, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he wasn't one of them. Well, how did you know he's playing first line center? That's not fair. Look at look at Risto getting the shot through. See, Chuck Fletcher, dude. <laughs> Fletcher, yeah. That might be Risto's. I, can't I guess they're giving it to Gates. I, I don't know. It, hit some, it definitely hit somebody because it just drops. Um, 
but yeah, he's pretty smiley. It must have hit him. Yeah, that looked like him. Um, so you're, you're I'm saying not giving... the Flyers are good in spite of Chuck Fletcher, especially yes. with that last point. I mean, and then like we're kind of at the spot where like I really did not want to be. Like I'm big on either going all in or all out. And if we finish in that dreaded middle range and miss the playoffs, like I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean the Tortorella thing's big. We know the best offseason acquisition was the one Fletcher didn't make, and that was Tortorella. Yeah. So I give him much more credit before I give Fletcher any credit. If you want to say he brought in guys that are producing, I mean. You say what you will at risk to line him, but I don't even think he's been that good. He's just been better. And this is like the first we've seen of that. Um, other than that, Tippett. Well, imagine if we got Tippett and like a 2023 first round pick or those other prospects <laughs> being talked about. If he didn't back himself into a corner. So, and then I hate, I still hate what he gave up for D'Angelo. It was what he just burned through his assets and he signed up to a two year deal. And then what? What's, what's after the two year deal? And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of guys who are, I don't I think one dimensional is pretty unfair, but one dimensional, uh, make $5 million. Like that's not, I'm not a big fan of that, especially when you have to kind of shelter their minutes. Um, yeah, sure. It's great for the power play, but when the rest of this foundation is solid, then I'll worry about the power play. So yeah. And then other than that, like all the guys who are producing, you know, Morgan Frost, Noah Cates, uh, Wade Allison, they're all Hextall draft picks. So, I mean, like I can't give – if the only thing he did was not bring certain players back or get rid of certain players that made room for these guys, but also a lot of that was injuries. You know, maybe maybe his short-sightedness, and some would call it stupidity, in depending on Ellis and Couturier being I – can't, I can't really blame him for uh, Atkinson, but for those guys being injured going into the season, like – you or I could have figured that one out that hope and prayer that he had going there. So now I'm not falling for it. If you're, you're like, Oh, you made a mistake, Fletcher, this Fletcher, that (laughs) ride that one out, see how far you get. So he's not getting much from me. All it did was prolong his life, which in the long run is probably better for Briere than it is for Fletcher. Keep him out of the limelight, keep him out of the hot seat, cold seat, whatever the hell they like to throw these GMs on when the team's nosedive, keep him out of that gets, get through this season and go from there. So it's only better for the long run, the longer that this stays up as a team building aspect, player building aspect, and keep Fletcher as a lightning rod as long as you can. My my thing with wrist aligning, I'm going to say this quick is he's been in the league for 10 years. He had a solid rookie year and he's been horseshit ever since. I'm not ready to call the guy a good player. I mean, he's been bad for eight and a half years of his 10 year career. Like, I'm not ready to go anywhere close to calling him a good player. He's definitely improved on the penalty kill. Like Brad Shaw, the work he's done this year is insane. Um, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, he's getting better defensively. I'm not ready to call him good yet. Um, we'll, we'll see. All right, so here we go. Who hired Brad Shaw? Torts. Torts. Who hired John Tortorella? Un- unknown agency, not Chuck. But who's the GM that was the, that hired Tortorella? We don't know. They brought in a, a, <laughs> a, a phantom agency because Chuck couldn't do it. But who whose name is on the desk? 
on the door Press and you layer. walk in. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Ready? Kevin Hayes. Who signed Kevin Hayes? 44 points in 48 games. Make made the all-star team. Chuck. Okay. The Just man, the myth, the legend. Indulge Fletcher. me for a little bit here. I'm trying. I'm biting my lip, but I'm trying. Owen Tippett. Hang on. Hang Chuck. on. Owen Tippett. 26 Fletcher. points in 44 games. 13 goals, which let me just double check here, is a career high. Assists, career high. Points, a career high. His previous career high was 25. New career high, 26. All right. Who traded for him? I think it was Chuck Fletcher. The, the Claude Giroux trade is one thing that I don't criticize Chuck for. You can't. Because, because Giroux had the no move, the no trade, and – it seemed like it was pretty much league known that Florida was the only team he was willing to go to. Um, so the fact that he actually got a decent player and a first round pick is like, I mean, the Florida Panthers could have said, all right, well, I'll give you a seventh round pick because you can't trade them anywhere else. Right. Right. You could, you could argue that their GM kind of effed up a little bit because what do they have to show for that trade? 100%. Connor Bunneman and, and Grimaud Lupsoff. <laughs> you know what I mean? You so, know why they were at Interesting, because at this time last year, I, I was I was angry at Claude Giroux, and I was angry at Chuck Fletcher. Now the right dust has said. settled, and I'm like, what was he supposed to do? He, All right, that's he, it. He, wait, I'm, wait, because I'm, I'm let's let me finish. I'm first. We're leaving out. We are. I have, I have out. half a roster still to get to. We are, we <laughs> I'm being serious. Out, we are leaving out a very important thing about that that Giroux deal. I don't know why we knew it at the time. We found it a little bit afterwards. Why did Jeru say he would only go to Florida? Does anybody know? I know we talked about it way before. This is Travis before you, obviously, but this has been discussed. It's been, I don't know if it's been reported, but it's been floated. I've seen it a couple of different places. I actually thought we all it was all official, but I guess it's still on the I'm not sure or whatnot yet. But it's to my understanding, I've read this several places. The reason that Jeru said Florida only is because he wanted one thing from Fletcher. He wanted a guarantee that they would bring him back or at least attempt to. And Fletcher said, no. So Giroux, and you can call it whiny. It's whatever said, well, then I'm only going to Florida. Yeah. Why did Fletcher have to say no? Why couldn't he, I'm not saying say yes or lie to him. Why couldn't he say, we'll try. We, we, well, I, we got a lot of moving parts. We got, we'll do the best we can. These guys are, are cut. They well, wanted a guarantee. You can't say we'll do the best we can if you're looking now, for a guarantee. Well, you can't guarantee it in this business. And this, right. this organization did the same exact thing as Simone Gagne when they brought him back the second time. They That's said, hang opinion, around. Though. More people should be pissed at Claude Giroux for that because you're asking a guy to make a guarantee. And man. The he only thing you can say is yes to make you happy. I don't know if he said guarantee. He just I want you to take try to bring me back. Well, what what Aunt San wrote is that Drew wanted a guarantee, and Chuck said, "I can't guarantee it." If that it doesn't mean no yes, it doesn't mean no. Drew, Drew's wife posted on Instagram uh, last week that like they actually really considered coming back. I was kind of mm. curious about that. Like we had him on Nasty Knuckles two weeks ago, and like we he didn't mention any of that. He um, it was actually interesting. He said like he kind of talked about how the trade went down, and like. We asked him, um, did the thousandth game play into it? Like, did you say, I'm not waiving it until after the thousandth game? 
And he said, no, like that was talked about, but that was totally up to Chuck. I kind of thought that was interesting, but it sounds like maybe there was a thought about coming back in the off season. Hmm. So, all right. So maybe no bridges were burned. That's odd. So he screwed him at the trading line, but no bridges were burned. See, well, there's there's a piece of the story missing here. Right. I, I, I mean, it could have just been Drew taking the high road. He doesn't want to shit talk anybody. He's still an active player. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. That's just okay. what he said. All right. So Drew trade aside, because it, now it's looking pretty decent, the return. I mean, draft pick to be determined. I completely agree. And, and uh, what oh, yeah, the hell is this guy's name? Owen oh, Tippett. Certainly looks like he could potentially be a solid player. 23 years old, making pretty big strides so far this year. I'm not, you know, let's not overblow it. You know, it remains to be seen. Um, but there's potential that he, you know, maybe made a good trade. And, you know, uh, we'll get to this later on in the episode because we were talking in the group chat today, right? And one of the things that I said is anytime you're trading the best player in a trade, you, you're losing the trade. And then, Jack, this could be a, you know, this trade oh, yeah, could be an I example of what you were talking about. That is so – it's like you will never know the answer to that. It's like it's a hindsight. You know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like I have to go to a different sport because there's one that comes right to mind. You know, the Montreal Expos, before they moved, like made this huge trade for some like, you know, big center fielder. I don't even know the guy's name. In the trade, they traded Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee is like probably a Hall of Famer. Like, you know what I mean? You have to play it out. When you're, you're talking about – two lesser players and a, a, for one player, they're all the same age. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree when you trade a bunch of prospects, you know, for a older player that doesn't, I don't like that then because any of those prospects could freak out. Like look at Richards and the Carter deals. You know, you got a one, you got Couturier and Voracek for Carter. Oh, Carter won all these cups and whatever. He, that was a whole team that did that. It wasn't just Carter, or Jeff Carter. You got Mike Richards. Who we got from Mike Richards, you know, and think of all the players that came for that. We got a fight going on here. Uh, you know, so it's like, I'm trying to think of a better ex- a hockey, better hockey example. Um, and so Braden Chen for Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee. There you go. Well, I <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being yeah. facetious a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And how could you even make the with Morgan Frost is turning into Gretzky? So how could you say yes, that? He is, but it's only took, only it about like Yuri Lutera. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. How about the people who are saying terrible. that a piece of the deal? Like, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there are trades all the time, and sometimes they're like a throw-in piece, and the, the guy, like, becomes the, the next big thing. You know, I mean, we were offered at the trade deadline back when we were good. Uh, we were trying to get – we were just talking about this in the group chat. We were trying to get Volkun, and before that, we are trying to get Jay Bomeister. Both times, they wanted Giroux. If we'd have done that deal, would we win because we got the better player? No, I think Florida would be laughing all the way home. You know, like there's plenty of examples of this. All I got to do is look it up. I'm not going to do it right where we're watching the game and talking to you. But yeah, to say that like as a, as a, a flat, flat line statement, like blanket statement, I think it's silly. I think it's silly, especially when a lot of the times it's prospects being traded. All right. Well, we can definitely get into that more, but I want to finish here. My, my argument for Chuck Fletcher. Uh, so I'm looking at, wait, wait, I thought of one, I thought of one. You just look right here in Philly uh, when the Flyers traded uh, Mark Recchi to Montreal. Mark Recchi had 123 points. He was better than Desjardins. He was definitely better than Leclerc. And he wasn't – those. neither of those players were the guy the Flyers really wanted. They wanted the third man in that deal, whose name escapes me at this time because he didn't pan out. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I think I think the Flyers won – it turned their franchise around how much they won that trade. But yeah. they, did not, they did not acquire the best player. 
Yeah, good example. Um, all right, so let's get the trade talks after. Yo, what is here. going on here? What, 2 nothing? Another fight. Oh, my God. Come on, guys. I'm still in commercial. <laughs> oh. All right, Wado. Whoa. Apparently, it was a Delorier revenge game. And now, oh, please, yeah, jump in there. I want him getting hurt. Delorier's fighting? That was the first fight. Oh, and man, you were behind. Him. Another Chuck Fletcher signee. <laughs> Changed the culture of this team. <laughs> yeah, him and Braun. So, here's the thing. Flyers' fourth line has been pretty damn good the last month or so. We haven't heard anybody talking about them, which typically is a good thing uh, for a fourth line in Philadelphia anyways. Delurier, Patrick Brown, who was picked up off waivers last season by Chuck Fletcher, uh, and Zach McEwen, another waiver wire pickup at the beginning of last season. Pretty good fourth line for the Flyers thus far. Um, sorry, Trevor, just saw your tweet. Broad Street Bullies. That was quick. Uh, Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, thanks. That's a um, one second on the tweet. <laughs> yep. And we're looking at here Rasmus Ristolainen, who's maybe finding his game after missing some of the early, uh, early go in the season. I uh, was in the Torch doghouse a little bit. I mean, hey, you miss you miss parts of Torch training camp. You're going to be a little bit behind physically. Um, so maybe he's coming around now. We'll see. I, I think – so, Trav, you mentioned Brad Shaw. When the Flyers traded for Ristolainen, they weren't trading for him to be the 40-point defenseman that he was in Buffalo. They were Correct. they were trading for him to turn him into something else, which was a stay-at-home guy, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, checks in the front of the net while guys like Sanheim, D'Angelo Provarf, whoever he's paired up with can, can do their thing. He somewhat has turned into that, and – we're seeing of, of late has a little bit of the offensive stuff to his game still too. Um, so that's the point on Rista. The other one here I'm, I'm looking at is Tony D'Angelo, which as I mentioned up until maybe five, six games ago was looking like, Hey, pretty okay. You can justify that trade a little bit um, until he's minus four, minus three, minus three, and like back to back to back games, um, which is like, geez, this is the guy we were, we were hoping we weren't going to see. Um, but until then it was like, yeah, okay, this is a pretty good pickup and maybe, you know, things aren't going so great next year. Maybe this is a trade deadline guy. I don't know. He's here for two years. We'll see what happens. Um, Sandheim seems to be coming around a little bit. We're not seeing as many gaffes from him, which is a plus, even though he's going to be making 6.2. I mean, so I don't know if that's good or not. Uh, Cam York, a Chuck Fletcher draft pick loved by the analytics community, apparently. Right, the Flyers are eleven. I think eleven nine and two since Cam York's call up. He is second on the team in plus minus as a plus. What nine. the hell is going on? Another fight? Yeah. Well, Who we got now? Mac and Felino. Huh. Is this gonna be like the Senators game from like 04? <laughs> the Wild must have uh, come oh. out a little flat, eh? Ooh. Well, they probably got the most amount of fighters in the league besides we do. So they Felino fought for them. Who else? Well, obviously, what's his name from? Uh, they just traded Revo. And uh, who fought Wade? He was what's his name from the Rangers. Uh, he's a, been everywhere. All he does is fight. I can't believe I can't think of his name. He was with the Rangers. Oh, I can't Ryan Reeves. No, no, no. Who fought Wade? 
I thought that's too far away. Oh, you're right. I'm, I was watching the the, re the replay. Um, Shame, Allison fought Ryan Reeves? No, that was my bad. I was, it was right after that fight. They showed the, the replay for the first fight. Which, which threw me Delorier off. fought Reeves. Okay. Yeah. McEwen fought Felino, and I can't remember who Allison fought. Not Hartman. I can't find the sure. fight anywhere. Yeah, it's not, not Hartman, that's for sure. <laughs> nah. It wasn't Greenway. He can fight. It wasn't him, though. Huh. I can't. I got the game on my phone. You guys on the computer, I can't check anything right now. I'm blind. It's the 90s in, in this house. I'm over here looking at all of uh, Chuck Fletcher's great moves. So His name is Shaw. Is Mason Shaw. Never heard of him. No, never heard of him. Nope. I'm surprised Nick Sealer didn't get in one yet, huh? There's still time. Yeah. There's still time. There's no more room in the penalty box, but there's still time. And then who else is there to fight for, for the Flyers? That's it. All four. Mac could go twice. Yeah, you can. All right, but you guys, you guys get my point here with with old Chuck. Now you know what he's exonerated from all his sins. So I, I'm going to agree with you guys, but I just wanted to make a case. There, right now, they're good in spite of him because they hired Tortorella, which, as you guys said, they didn't want him. I mean, Chuck Fletcher didn't want him, and they hired him anyway. And this is what's happening to the team. So if anything. If you're the guys that are advising Chuck, doesn't that say to you, man, this guy was so wrong. We need to can his ass. What is he still doing here? Right? We're doing, we're playing, the team's playing well. I mean, better than we all thought. They're playing well in spite of the general manager. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you just got to look at their play. He's been the GM here for how long? What was the major difference between all those previous seasons and this season is Tortorella. Yeah. He's easy as pie. And and it matches like everything he's done in the previous cities he's been to. It's all right there. I mean, if you think otherwise, you're just being silly and you're a Fletcher apologist for some reason. Hmm. At least that's the way I look at it. And, <laughs> and I'm look, I'm I think that he did get lucky with certain you you know deals. It's almost like when uh the Nordiques traded for Lind or traded. Uh, we traded for Lindros. They wanted Brennamore. We countered with Forsberg. <laughs> was that was that our gaff or their geniusness? No, it was their, our gaff. You know, so I, I feel like yeah, you got you got lucky, broken clock. And even though we don't know how good he's going to be, but he's going to play his, probably his best under Tortorella. That's something that the team did. That's something that he's doing. That is a direct proof of the way he, he teaches the way he coaches the, the why he's been successful in the NHL for as long as he's been I don't give that to Fletcher no I, I would agree I, I was just we can give him credit for some things but at the end of the day thing, good things are right. happening in spite of him you're right in the sense that at the end of the day it's oh god tell me they're gonna okay it's the GM He's the one who gets credit, you know, like if, if they draft poorly and, oh, you blame the scouting department. At the end of the day, it's the GM's ass, you know, same yep. goes if something goes right. Uh, is, has the recent run of good play of, dare I say, fun to watch hockey, has that, has that bought him extra time? I think so. I think this year. 
Yeah, because he'd already be gone. <laughs> I think that's proof right there. They had Until that when? Do you, do you think he finishes the season? They got to. I, I really feel like they got to do something different in the off season. We can't do the more of this kicking in the mud. You know, it, it's just they got to have some kind of direction. There's got to be something, and it'll pay the fans. I feel like we all know he should be fired. We all know he should have been fired a while ago. But if Comcast didn't think he should have been fired in the summer, like what what's changed? They just they're better than they were last year. Like that's in ownership's mind, that probably helps his case, I would think, even though I disagree with it. Oh my god, what a save. <laughs> I love and, the uh good keep going, Trav. And I'm sure you guys agree, but like Ownership obviously doesn't. He would have been fired in the summer if that was the case. That scares me because it's clearly Tortorella's team. Like him, what he says and what uh, Fletcher says, I, from we pointed this out before, have almost been at direct odds with each other. Like mm-hmm. they're not on the same page. Tortorella's going to want players that fit his mold. And if you're Comcast, you do what, Fle- with, uh, what Tortorella wants. <sighs> and if Fletcher can't get on board, then like, what's the point in having him? Right. I say keep him around as long as you need to until you feel that your heir apparent's ready. But I don't really want his finger on the trigger either. Like uh, this trade deadline, which now we, we he's going to be around for. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes, and then maybe we'll reassess. But he cannot speaking of long term plans. Sorry, he speaking really of on board, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by the <laughs> you were ready for that, huh? By the one and only. <laughs> Kelly Hankel of Broad Street Hockey. Kelly, been uh, a little while since we had you back. How you been? Not bad. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're uh, watching <laughs> the Flyers. Not Flyers live, of course. Uh, not during the live stream watch I was going to say, what is this wild yeah. shit doing a podcast during a Flyers game? I know. A little watch yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to grab all the people who can't watch it who don't have ESPN+. Plus. Maybe we'll bring a little bit of <laughs> So we had it all set up, and then at the last minute, I'm like, you know what? Let me check, because I think, Trav, you said something about ESPN Plus being weird. So I'm like, you know what? Let me check before 8 o'clock rolls around. And, uh, yeah, little did I know, ESPN uh, ESPN Plus not supported. So we had to do a quick change of plans for the night. I know. But, uh, yeah, how how have you been? Nothing has changed uh, since we've last talked. No, everything's (laughs) totally fine. You know? Just Uh, coming along. Yeah. Doing our podcast, hanging out, not bothering anybody, you know. Good. <laughs> definitely, definitely, you know, just a normal one for us this week. <laughs> yeah, you guys have had a hell of a week. Yeah, um, yeah hoping things. Uh, I mean, you guys, you guys know what you're doing. You'll get that worked out. Uh, I'm sure pretty quickly. You have a lot of good people over there, uh, writers, podcasters, uh, and the like. So, not worried about that one bit. I'm sure you guys are going to bounce back real quick there. Um, podcast at least at the very least the podcast isn't going away well that's good yeah that's good Uh, i'm sure you know a lot of people are happy to hear that out there we are too uh, of course so yeah good stuff there um a lot of times sometimes you take a step back and you take it you know a huge two steps forward so you never know you know future is unknown yeah it uh we've gotten a lot of support from the people that you know frequent our site listen to the podcast which has been very cool I saw you. You guys had uh, what was it? A GoFundMe? Uh, mm-hmm. I saw flying floating around out there. I think Charlie posted it. Yeah. It, uh, where can people find that? Obviously, Charlie's page. Where, where else can they find that? 
Um, we tweeted it from the Broad Street Hockey site. Okay. Uh, or the Broad Street Hockey Twitter account. It's on the site. If you want to go to broadstreethockey.com, take a look. Um, you know, you don't have to give us any money if you want to to share it. That's cool, too. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen because Vox isn't really telling us anything. Uh, but they've kind of suggested that there might be an opportunity for us to acquire the, the, the domain and the name and like the IP and all that stuff, but um, really can't imagine that they're going to give that to us for free. So we're just trying to see what we can do. Um, you know, maybe keep broadstreethockey.com going as it has been all this time. But if we can't do that, we're going to do something else. So. Well, you guys will find a way. will be around. Yeah, you'll find a way for sure. You got a lot of good people, a lot of resilient people, and uh, yeah. I, frankly, I'm excited to see what you guys do. You know, so uh, you got a lot a, of creative people. A little terrifying. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how to make a website. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, just, like talking about hockey. Like, I don't, I don't know all the, I don't know all the back end shit. So it's gonna be like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, you guys will. If someone like me can figure that stuff out, you guys be a piece of cake. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the Flyers. We were just yeah, talking about Chuck better. Fletcher and how mm. the Flyers are good in spite of Chuck Fletcher. Uh, we were. I was kind of making yeah. the point. You know, a lot of his moves, some of them are actually panning out. Uh, the Claude Giroux trade, for example. Oh. Owen Tippett looks like he could be a player. What yeah. are your thoughts? Okay, I'm, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Owen no. Tippett's. <laughs> Owen Tippett's been great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, I'm sure that you guys don't want to relitigate the Claude Giroux trade. It's been done a thousand times, well, but well, we might. <laughs> you don't, you, <laughs> you just don't like trading Claude Giroux is a fine idea. If you're going to do that though, like that signifies the start of a whole process. Mm-hmm. You don't trade your captain slash best player slash superstar and then just keep going. Like you do that to signify the start of a rebuild and then you launch into it. You trade your best player for a bunch of futures. You signify the start of something. The Flyers did the first step and have done zero of the subsequent steps that are supposed to come after it. Um, The way that they are falling ass backwards into wins over the last month or so I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's fun. Like, it's hard as a fan, like, yes. in the moment to root for them to lose. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's like, how I feel. While, yeah, well, like, while I'm watching this game right now, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, they scored a goal. It was great. It was awesome. Fights, fun. Saves, great. But, like, when you step back and look at the whole picture, it's like, this is this is terrible. Mm-hmm. This is so bad, what they're doing right now. And, you know, I I don't know that there's been a Chuck Fletcher move that I would say is good like a fan of tony d'angelo he's one of the worst defensemen in the (laughs) national hockey league (laughs) like i like honestly to be quite honest with you i genuinely don't want to talk about these guys as human beings like i really don't give a fuck i don't care if they're good i don't care if they're bad i just want to talk about the hockey i don't want to get into a whole last thing with tony d'angelo i don't give a shit they're probably all assholes in different ways. Who cares? I don't care. Yes. But he's not been a good hockey player, which is no. the real problem. And they gave up 
so many assets to get him more than they needed to. They could have gotten him last summer for nothing. Yes. Didn't do that. Um, signed him for two years. That's looking like it's going to be a problem. I mean, I was kind of hoping that that contract would be super tradable at the deadline, but he's been so bad that I don't really think that that's going to be the case. So we're probably going to be stuck with him for two years. And if Chuck's still running the show, like he'll probably extend him because that seems to be what he does with all of his bad moves. Just double down on them. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. Chuck Fletcher's best moves have been trading and bringing back Justin Braun. Yeah, I agree pretty much everything Kelly said. <laughs> you know how I feel. Uh, I, I, once they traded Drew, Ristolani should have followed. And yeah. instead they doubled down on that mistake and signed him. And uh, we'll see how ultimately that pans out. But any good Ristolani does from here on out is uh, directly from John Tortorella, if you ask me. And uh, yeah, D'Angelo, I told you, like got th- those kind of defensemen, I just five million dollars on top of what they already gave up just to acquire his contract. Yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just it's goofy. And then he kind of like was he was adding. They told us blank check. These are terms they told us blank mm-hmm. check. Uh, mass or what did he say? A quick re retool or whatever that was. Yeah, and and then they stopped. Tony D'Angelo yeah. was it. You know, they, they threw in Braun and De, uh, Delorier and called it a day. You know, and He doesn't like, seem capable of making any moves in season. Although oh, I don't, yeah, I don't really season. know what you could do right now. Like, I don't, I don't know what you would do right now to fix any of this. Um, There's no creativity to any of his moves mm-hmm. either. They're all like pretty basic moves and they suck. No. Yeah, look, look at the Blackhawks back, you know, when they had to sign their guys to top, top, top dollar. And then they started to come down a little bit. They had to get creative. You know, that's where Panarin eventually came in. And they had to get rid of him because they couldn't afford him. And they flipped him for some assets and got some players. And they they kept it going as long as they could. Sure, they didn't get back to the Stanley Cup. We haven't even sniffed the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, he he just just does the bare minimum, the basics. And that's why the majority of his tenure here has been dog shit i mean it is what it is like and i don't trust him moving forward to do a whole lot of anything and i'm really worried as long as he's here about our remaining assets he's been pretty good with the first round picks at least not getting rid of them um so i mean we'll see I, of, like all of the seconds though yeah. he, he burned through those babies yeah like, like nothing. it must have been like a clause in his contract like we'll sign you but you can't trade any first round picks <laughs> first round picks need to stay when we broke down his best and worst moves the one thing that was the that remained the same on both sides was he burned through assets he was trading picks left and right and uh, it's a kind of scary for for a team that should be rebuilding to start losing draft picks of that nature look if yeah. this team pans out in some capacity they're nothing more than a p- bubble playoff team like they're, they're mm-hmm. missing too many top things at the yeah. top and how are you gonna get that you're already capped out like <laughs> you can't buy somebody what i would love to see somebody and i can't believe i'm saying this because when hextall was here the plan sounded great i ended up hating him at the end like despising yeah. him um one That's thing i one thing i like about him now is i'm sorry what was that I was just going to say his plan was very good, but he didn't execute it well. That right. was the problem. So one thing I actually appreciate about him now is he had a plan and he stuck to it no matter what. Right? Even though I hated it at the time and still do, at least he was doing what he wanted. Like Fletcher is like a flip-flopper, I feel like. Um, but anyway, I'm going to give uh, another more props to Hextall because 
Fletcher's incapable of making a trade like trading Alexi Zitnik uh, for Braden Coburn <laughs> and a pick that ended up being Travis Konechny. I think they ended up had to move up with the pick, but you know Hextall made that happen, oh, right? By bringing in Konechny. Coburn was here for a long time. He was pretty good while he was here, but I don't think Fletcher has that ability to do that. You know? No, I don't I trust. Think. I don't trust him to make a single good trade, which is why this whole winning thing is absolutely terrifying because I think that like the one like bright spot that we were I think all looking towards was them being bad enough to get him fired before the trade deadline right (laughs) and then kind of hoping that whoever came in next could get some shit done and now that I don't think there's any chance at this point that he's getting fired in season which means that he's going to be the guy executing the deadline deals if if there are any with him and it's like, I, I just don't see it going as well as it could. If only we could call up Tyrell Goldborn. See the season. Hextall pick. You, you know what? So I'm no. gonna I'm gonna counter this, and uh, probably all three of you guys are gonna hate it, but uh, I love what's happening. It, aside from Chuck Fletcher being here, right? But Torts, also unpopular. I'm gonna assume. Huge Torts fan. Um, I like Torts. I think a lot of what's happening with the team is a result of Tortorella. I mean, look at Konechny, for example. I think he's a, he's a star. He's a stud, bona fide stud, right? We're seeing Morgan Frost's game develop a little bit. He's uh, becoming consistent. You know, he's scoring a point every other night, it seems like. Owen Tippett's coming out of his shell a little bit. He, he's doing good with the young guys, which if you paid attention to what a lot of people are saying on Twitter and whatnot, that's the opposite of what should be happening under Tortorella, right? You know what it is? I, go ahead, Kelly. No, 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 God. What torts? The only thing I was going to say is I feel like he came a year too early. You know, it's yeah. like we, we needed this season to happen with, uh, you know, numb nuts behind the bench or something just to finish poorly, get rid of Coach some some bad contracts. Hopefully, you would assume uh, acquire some decent picks back and have some years of bad contracts at least tick off, like one more year ticks off. Then you bring in Tortorella. Then you have the season like this. You have the stud that you most likely got at the top of the draft. Probably not Bedard, but it's in that that uh, you know top five, top three, one of those guys. Now you have something you can move forward with. Tortorella comes in, starts to get the locker room culture. You see Konechny, Frost, those guys of that nature start to develop the way they are this year. And then you know Fletcher's gone at this point. And then you can really start to see a plan. You can see something coming together. Instead we got this, we got a couple more contracts. We have to live through. Yeah. We have Fletcher still here. The team's overachieving at the rate they're going. They're looking like a, your best, best case with a team like this. who can't add a you know, top tier talent. You're hoping for a St. Louis blues or catch lightning in a bottle. You know, <laughs> run. you're not going to be the penguins, the Blackhawks, the capitals who are there every year. Always in the you know fighting for the division. Guys, help help me understand though why it's bad that they're decent this year, that they're all improving this year. Player because to player, this, they're improving. Why is it a bad? Yeah, thing? but but this is the year, unlike any other, that being bad guarantees you guarantees you a star player. Like if you're picking in the top five in this draft, you're getting guys that could have been number one overall in a lot of the more recent drafts, like you're going to get a good player and the flyers need one 
and they can't get one any other way. They don't really have anyone to trade. And even if they did, they don't really have a GM that seems capable of making the kind of trade that brings you back a really good player. And they don't have any money, so they can't go and get one (laughs) on the free agent market. Like, there's just no path forward to them getting a good player. Like, I mean, if we had, like, a really good GM, you could see a scenario in which, like, maybe they could find a place for Provorov and and get something back for him. Maybe they could even, with Ristolainen getting better, which he has been, um, thanks to the coaching staff, um, maybe you can find some idiot GM who also gets blinded by the fact that he's very large and hits people. And like, maybe you can get something back for him, but like, I don't think we have a guy that can sell that kind of trade to another general manager. I think every GM knows exactly who Chuck Fletcher is, which is to say like a pushover idiot who, who by the way has backed himself all the way into the corner. So he has absolutely no negotiating room at all, no leverage whatsoever. So it's just, it's bad because this year was an opportunity for them to get a good hockey player that they really, really need. And if they're picking like 15, maybe they'll get a middle sixer. That's good. And they don't need any more middle sixers. Right. And and that's it, Jim. Like it's, I don't think it's ever bad to see the players prog- show this kind of growth. I don't think yeah, that's at all, yeah. but they have a ceiling as a team and as individual players. And that is not a perennial contender. And it is back to the bubble, back to hope and a prayer, you know, and they don't have the cap space to add, you know, and they really don't even have that many assets. They're getting, they have some, but they they don't have as many as they should to find a diamond in the rough and get lucky that way, you know, and even then that would take years. So it's, I don't see a way for them to get over the hump. I just see a way for them to get out of the cellar. But where does that leave you, Purgatory? Well, I'm looking at draft picks here and, I'm going to keep arguing my point for just a little bit longer before we change subject. Flyers have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight picks in a seven-round draft coming up this this summer. They have six picks in a seven-round draft next summer, a draft which they have two first-round picks. And they have all their draft picks in 2025. James Rain Reamsdyke's coming off the books, $7 million. Uh, I think a couple contracts kick in, so maybe that negates some of that. I'm yeah, not sure. it's pretty much completely eaten up. By, really, it all goes away? I, I don't know if it's all of it, but it's... Some it's of it. Near, it looks like... It's, it's really not. Looks like Sandheim's getting a $2 million yeah. raise. So, yeah, all right. So, cancel out $2 million there. Um, but I'm looking at teams like, like the Boston Bruins, who haven't drafted in the top five, I don't know, since when. Yeah, they have David Pasternak, pick 25, 23, whatever the hell he was. I think the Flyers took Sandheim that year. And it, who like who knows who's going to be what? I'm not mad at them for picking Sandheim. I'm just saying you can get talent there. You just if you can develop talent, that's I think to me is uh, you know, a bigger thing than we need to tank for a top 5 pick. Right? Well, they, they can't they don't develop talent. So. Right, but I'm wondering <laughs> I, if we're seeing something change, like because guys are. I feel like the Bruins are kind of like the outlier, though. No, yeah, but possibly, like out of the recent successful very, very teams, like that—that's you can't count on something that barely happens. Like no, that the, every single Carolina one of those Hurricanes. guys is an outliner. The Carolina Hurricanes have like literally one of the best hockey minds in the entire universe in their front office. That's why they can find diamonds in the rough. You have to have smart people making those picks. Like, it's possible to do it. Like, I don't really feel like like Mark Gregg 
is going to find us a diamond in the rough out there scouting <laughs> players. Like we don't have, we have a bunch of dudes that have always worked here. Like those yeah. are the guys that we have finding these players. Like, and talk about. I, I, I have no reason to believe, like, no reason to believe that they're capable of doing something like that. That a Carolina would do. You, that, like, a Florida might do. Like, I don't know. They just don't have people that think that right. way. Mm-hmm. Jim, you're have, not wrong, but it's like, like it. Obviously, if if tanking was the way to do, then every bad team would do it. If it was like this 100% thing, it was going to work. It's not. But my thing is, like, if you're drafting one, two, three, then players just statistically have a way better chance of becoming star players than drafting 15 or 20. So, and then where I stand is, like, this offseason, I wanted to trade Sanheim, Provorov, Konechny, like, actually tear it down and load up on as many first-round picks as this upcoming draft, the best draft since 2003. Like, this was the year to do it, and Mm -hmm. you're not. And, like, I'm watching the NHL Network earlier, and it's like, oh, well, the Toronto Maple Leafs are interested in an offensive defenseman. Like, how perfect would Sanheim have been there if you didn't extend them for eight years? (laughs) Like, Charlie wrote today, like, they should uh, trade Travis Konechny. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're going – like, I'm Travis Konechny my favorite player. If you're going to tear it down and trade everybody, then sure, trade Konechny. It makes sense. But, like, if you're trying to win next year, no, you're going to keep Travis Konechny. Like, I just kind of like everyone else is saying, like, they're just kind of stuck in this middle ground. And if they would have tore this thing down, been bad for two or three years, stack up on first and second round picks for this upcoming draft, there could be a way out of this, like, sooner rather than later. Look at our division. Like, look at what team this year, like, they they bottomed out a bunch. Their first overall pick is probably going to win the MVP this year. Like, Jack Hughes, you have him on your fantasy team. Jim, you should know more than anybody. Yeah, like, but they lucked into that. They lucked into all say, their to picks. Be fair, the Dude, they've been lucky. down. You, you do need luck in all of this. Years. Really, no the Flyers just need to finish fifth, and they'll get bumped up to one. Yeah, I'm not saying it's guaranteed. Like, Travis was saying, it's not guaranteed. <laughs> But, right. it, but it's a much better odds of doing that than sticking what we got and praying and hoping. And, and especially you be creative. You talk about Carolina. That's one of the most creative teams I've ever seen. They have like a new decor every single year. Like they just, just keep churning it out. Just keeps flopping this, bring this guy in, that guy out, this guy in, that guy out. That's creativity. That's amazing. And all those guys yeah, just to work in their system. You know, we one thing that that really, you're always willing to, to walk away from a guy that doesn't work for them. And the Flyers never do that. Like, if they bring in a guy that doesn't work, like, if they did the Ristolainen trade, they wouldn't have any problem with being Mm -hmm. like, all right, this didn't work, so we're going to move on from him and do something else. Whereas the Flyers are like, no, we're going to make it work. we got to make it work. Bad GMs do what Chuck Fletcher did. And for me, that was one of the nails in the coffin. When he doubled down on that move, I was like, this guy is not the the guy. Because right? no. if you make a mistake, you have to be able to own up to it. When you double down on a clear mistake, when you could have traded him and got something back, it's like, all right, this guy might not be the guy here. Might, might be time to move He's him. And really, then he went and did the Tony really D bad. trade, and it was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, when he did the Tony D trade, I was actually hopeful just because he was good in Carolina. And, like, obviously a lot of that was playing with a very good partner on a very good team obviously, but I was kind of hoping that like 
you know, maybe him and Provorov could get something going. Like, but it hasn't worked at all. And like, to be quite honest with you, like Chuck Fletcher and his staff, they get paid the money that people like us don't to know, like, no, Tony D'Angelo is not going to be that good here. It's just not going to be for all of these reasons. And they don't ever seem to know that. And it's just like so many things where it's like, we all kind of knew during the summer that Provorov was a problem. Like we all knew all of us, like just sitting here and they could have traded him then, mm-hmm. or they could have traded him at the beginning of the summer or at the beginning of the season. Like they, they could have moved on from that and brought in Johnny Gaudreau. Like there were ways forward this He's summer that he just didn't creative. take. And so, and now it's worse. So now Provorov's having a shitty season. So there goes the trade value. Now he's involved in a whole ass thing. That's going to be a problem for some teams that don't want to take on that kind of bullshit for a player that's not not that good. Like he's not nearly good enough for this level of drama. Mm-hmm. So now we have this asset, your number one defenseman that plays 25 minutes a night. That if you can't like you, that's a thing that you should be able to sell. And now we can't sell it because you've let it completely devalue. And so it didn't true. need to be that way. So it just true. makes no sense. Did the same thing with Gossip Bear. Yeah. Uh, he just, he just waits and waits. Yeah. He's that, he's that governor or mayor of the city where the tornadoes come and he goes, let's wait it out. Maybe they'll turn. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just, I feel like we were just talking about this. Like he just waits so long. He gives himself no other option but to lose the trade or, or do whatever it is. And then you brought up another thing here. Like, because if you're looking at the Tony Deed uh, trade by itself, it's like, all right, you know, they gave up probably more assets than they should have but when you look at what's happened since then right like he could have gotten him for free no assets if he had a set of nuts and was like yeah i'll sign tony d'angelo for a million a season last year right Mm -hmm. this is when he was out of the league yada yada nobody wanted to sign him apparently uh and carolina did him a favor by signing him for a million bucks for a season and he played well that that's good gming right chuck fletcher apparently didn't have the balls to do it ends up trading three, whatever, how many, however many assets it was for him, signs him to a two-year, $10 million deal, um, and then gets shit for it anyway, right? And it's like, yeah. what the hell are you doing, man? What yeah, are thing, you doing? There's, there's no universe in which the shit that you get for signing Tony D'Angelo like, doesn't come at any time. Like, right. That's coming anyway. So like you do it then, at, do at it least, now, like you're going to get that shit. You've obviously decided that that's, like you don't care so at least do it and give people the the option to be like well at least he only did it for a year and for a million bucks like what's the right. worst that could happen right give like, any assets, whatever right. oh my god dude. like he is an idiot like he is not <laughs> he is a complete idiot so he's not very good at his so job. from from that perspective i can see you guys are like yeah just put the season in the toilet get chuck fired and let's go years two three four with torts yeah, and also get that a get. potential franchise player to yeah. be at the top of the lineup as you watch this team now and we're, we're excited they need center depth and they need a guy right at the top in the worst way and we'll see what cutters made of but it'd be nice to have another guy in the system as well now we might get a good guy but who knows we're, we're kind of right now out of the you know guarantee quote-unquote guaranteed great player yeah. uh, talk which is a shame because this these kind of drafts don't come around often man and just to be in the conversation was like really exciting and yeah, you know, while it's fun to watch them, I just I know at the end of the day, unless they get really really lucky and jump from thirteen to two, it's happened before. 
I don't want to jinx it either. But, uh, you know, then they're, they're looking at playoff bubble again. And, yeah, we'll have some pretty better seasons in the meantime instead of bottoming out for a few years. But we're never going to have that super high either. Yeah, all they had to do was finish 11th, and we could have a shot yeah. at Bedard. Right. Like, they, couldn't even, they couldn't even manage that. <laughs> well, they could, they could still. I mean, they, there's no way that that – There's the no way 10 other teams finish something. Right, there's no way that 10 other teams are going to finish worse than them, right? Because I think they've played well the last month, and I think they're still like eight from last, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go double-check that. But like, they're not going to be playing this well. They've played some pretty shitty teams during this hot stretch. Yeah, once they start getting more division games in here. Yeah, I think they're going to start taking some more L's. Like this Minnesota game, they're up one nothing now. I'd be shocked if they won, right? I don't know. Who knows? They might be fired up. This one might be a random one. Just, three Just wait till Sealer and Lots drop the gloves, man. <laughs> We're um, still going to do it. Kelly, it's been about a half an hour you've been on. Uh, I don't know. You want to hang out a, yeah, a couple more minutes or you got to run? You can hang out a little bit longer. It's fine. Uh, you want to talk about Morgan Frost? Sure. Is is what we're seeing? Is he turning a corner? Because I'm trying to juice him up in our group chat and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, some people like to get excited. I'm one of them. So as soon as I start to see a little bit of life, I'm like, yeah, Morgan Frost taking off, superstar in the making. Here he comes next, Giroux. <laughs> people like Jack, who are maybe a little bit smarter, are like, yeah, I need to see a little bit more from Morgan Frost here. But what do you think so far? So Jack is the Charlie of the high and wide radio podcast. That is what you're saying. I stamped that, everybody. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we're seeing him turn into, I think, the best case scenario for him, which is like solid third line center. I think mm. he's looking like a solid third line center, which is like, you know, if you, if you thought he was going to be more than that, like that was a little bit of a pipe dream. Like, there were like little flashes when like maybe he could have been more than that, but like I think he's I think that if he if this was a good hockey this was a good hockey team with a very good top six, I think all of us would be happy with Morgan Frost as your third line center the way that he's playing right now. And if it's if it's sustainable, that's cool. Like it just kind of sucks because like what is the point of having a Morgan Frost as a good third line center right now? Like it doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't move the needle at all because, yeah, you're supposed to have players better than him. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's cool to see him not suck. I'll put it that way because there was a little while there where I was kind of, I think on our show I was calling him Boyd Kane a whole bunch, like a oh like a, a good, like a really good AHLer, like stellar AHLer, what and you call him drop. up from time to time. And he's just like, eh, like he's fine. Like he, you call him up, he's fine. But he's never going to be like a regular NHLer because he's just a little bit too low on the talent level. But I, I think now that I think I could confidently say, I think he could be an NHL regular. Like I don't think he needs to be just like a quad A call up guy. Um, so that's you know that's progress. And to be fair, this is like his first real full season in the NHL, and like ever i think so it is yeah yeah where he's not you know. getting bounced up and down yeah yeah i think it's good i think there's been so much bad hockey here for so long that when anybody does anything good people freak out and i don't even blame them i really don't blame them 
they see the slightest bit of that was really good and they lose their minds. And I, I don't feel I, I get it. I totally get it. But that does not make this team like turning a corner like, oh, my God, it's all coming together now. We're right up there with Boston and whoever, you know, it's no. Like, yes, they, they maybe like Kelly said, maybe he's an NHL player, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Time will tell. Consistency will tell. And he has shown a little consistency this year. I'll give him that. But again, it's a, it's still over the long span of it all, pretty small sample size. That's why I'm not losing my mind. And I think if – It's yeah, It's definitely better. But if this was like the Richards Carter error, we would know better. We'd be used to it. We're like, yeah, well, he's got to do it for longer. But because we went through such a long stretch of horrible hockey, we're willing to take whatever we can get. And that's why when certain players start playing better, you got a lot of Twitter blowing up and losing their minds. Now, Jim, I know you're facetious when you do it. I know you like to stir the pot. I know a part of you is excited, but I know the other part of you is like, ah, ah, yeah, I know. But, you know, and it's – we can't live by that. We're not going to get anywhere. I'm telling you, we're going to be right back in purgatory. We're going to be middle of the pack, if not lower, and we're going to be having this conversation again about a new player in about five years. Is that too depressing? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, five years. Are we talking about the Flyers' first round pick this year? Good news. Trev, where do you sit on this whole Morgan Frost thing? Are you all in? Or are you kind of on the fence or what? Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> I, uh, I want to see another level, but uh, it looks like a good player to me. Well, what's, I think all, what's he... all in? Like superstar? No, star? no, 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 no. But like. Uh, Right now, he's performing at a good second-line level rate, and I want to see if he can keep that up. And then we'll see if he has another level. I'm not sure if that another level's there, but I want to see if he can continue this solid uh, second-line level of production. Because I think, like, it's pretty well known that his biggest um, weakness was, like, he just wasn't in the game the whole time. Like he, he would just, he would take shifts off and he wouldn't move his feet. Like that doesn't happen very rarely anymore. So. Sounds like know, he's growing. Sounds like, and I think Torrell has a lot to do with that. He's, he's turning the, the corner. He's had his career, but. And like Kelly said, like, this is really his first full year. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't he's healthy. There's, there's room not to up grow. and down. There's room to grow for sure. He's not playing with Wilman and Mayhew anymore. Like, <laughs> God, dude. Remember those days? We made a lot of excuses for him for a long time. So I just let him let him get some consistency. He might just be a a long term project. Let him get the consistency, which he's got to prove. I don't expect anything to happen tomorrow. You know, I'm okay with that consistency. And if he just adds every every year he's here or every so often, just adds a little bit. Who knows what he can be? But I I do think he's an NHL player for now. (laughs) I feel like I have to say that. Yeah. Uh, But ultimately, I don't know where he lands. I just I don't see him as a top line player, even if he's playing with great players, which probably isn't going to happen here. I don't, I don't know where I land on him completely, but I'm not going to be like, you're definitely a lot higher on than I am at this point. And um, I'm not going to go bill Meltzer. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, and it's just, yeah, I don't think any of us. Okay, I'll, I'll eat crow all day long. If I'm wrong, that means we have something, but I don't see enough in his game to, to warrant that, at least not yet. A lot of those guys who do that, you know, you've seen, you'd have seen it by now. He's how old he's been playing for, you know, he's only but 23. He hasn't, he hasn't he's, been, he's been up and down a lot. 
he was hurt for so long. Yeah, he had a lot of, he had a lot of injuries. He a lot of, it just the excuses start coming out. You know, and I, I'm not the out on him. Not, reasons, not, though. You know, it, it, I don't know. There's a lot of Yeah, that, that's where I've always stood on Frost. Like, it, it, he didn't do himself a lot of favors, but, like, the coaching staff also didn't do him any favors. Like, that's I think true. both can be true. Like, kind of like I said, he was playing a lot mm-hmm. with Wilman and uh, Mayhew last year. Not really going to produce with them Jerry guys, Mayhew, but, like, man. he also didn't really earn more ice time. Like, no, he didn't. But, Right. Last year, I just kind of wanted them to stick with Konechny and Giroux and just let them sink or swim. Oh, we got another fight. Are you serious? <laughs> fourth, baby. Let's go. Who now? Patty Brown. My boy, the whole fourth line got in a fight tonight. <laughs> Love that fourth oh. line. Who put that line together? <laughs> Is that Fletch? Not two trades. <laughs> oh, oh, man. They're dancing. All right, Morgan Frost. Yeah, he's... You know, I'm not out on him. I think look, if if somebody came around with an offer for Frost and it was a good offer, I'm taking it. Well, there's no, there's no one at this point I wouldn't take a good offer on. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Hart. I don't know. I don't not. I don't know. Urson. You like Urson? Yeah, I I need more consistency there. Well, more games. We got to see more. You got to see more. Yeah, but he kind of looked like maybe he could have a little bit of a callback situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the organization's credit—they were pretty high on Urson with, you know, outside of Hart with all the Sandstrom with everybody, even Ustaminko back in the day. Like they always had him further away from NHL time, but higher on their list. So they must have seen something. I know yeah. Torts. Torts wanted him to stay up. Yeah, he should. He earned it. We all. Yeah, did. I know why they did it, but he, he certainly earned it. Do you think Sandstrom would have got claimed while he was down there? Is, was yeah. that the worry? I, I'm sure that that's what they were worried about, but there's a zero percent chance. Of right, I agree. Yeah, that was definitely the worry. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a little odd. See, they're tanking. <laughs> now they're back to tanking. Tanking. <laughs> Morgan Frost, 19 points in his last 24 games. Of course, eight of those came against the Arizona Coyotes, but uh, yeah, that's good signs. The the two. All right, so. One, two, what are we, five months into the season? Four months into the season. Uh, first two months, you had five points. The last two months, 19 points. So, it, you know, there's there's a hockey player in there somewhere. Maybe uh, it, let's see how he finishes the season now. Second half of the year is coming up. Can he finish strong? Can he play a full, you know, can he do this over a full 82-game season? Now, that's what I'll be looking to see. Um, I think heading into the year, we were all oh. kind of like, what, they gave one up, Trav? Yep. All right. Um, we were all kind of looking to see who's going to be here for next year, right? This was, it was an evaluation season, we were told, right? And I think through the halfway point, it's looking like, okay, Tippett could be a player. You know, if, if Travis Konechny is hanging around, if they don't trade him, Travis Konechny looks like he's a legit, you know, first-line player now. Um, I don't know who else. Morgan Frost looks like he could be something. Scott Lawton's all over the place. Like, this is a guy you want on your team. Um, I'm I'm not saying these guys are going to be cornerstone franchise guys, but these are guys I think you can carry over and count on for next year as you add and do whatever you're going to do to the roster. Here's the thing though. Like they are all very good pieces. They're really good support players on a team that has good players. The problem is like Jack said, what is the path to getting the good players that these really good supporting pieces 
can surround. Because well, unless you, you get like, who are you trading? You trade your first round picks. <laughs> get rid of them. They got two all next year. What do you need both for? Now till I retire. Yeah. Right? Trade for the rights to Pasternak or whoever. No, I'm just, well, I'm just, actually, yeah, why not? Why would he no. want to come here? Score he's, goals? He's, he's going to retire. dollars a year. Play with Score Travis Konechny. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, Pasternak, who plays on the best line in the NHL. I want to play with Travis Konechny. Sell him on Sean Couturier. Oh, he might play oh, next yeah. year. Or, 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 he, might he, <laughs> he might be healthy. He might be healthy. Cam Atkinson and Ryan Ellis will be back. Of course, you want to play here. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming my head off. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh man. Um. All right, Kel. I think we've had you on for a good forty-five oh. minutes, and I, uh, you know, asked you to hop thanks on for, for twenty or guys. so. So, yeah, thanks for hanging out. And yeah, thanks uh, for hanging out. Uh, you got a lot going on. Anything you want to get out there where you know we can try to direct people who listen to our show to to wherever you need to get them to. Um, if you would like to check out Brush Talk Your Radio, that would be cool. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts because that's definitely not going away. Um, if you would like to, to support Broad Street Hockey, you can check out the website, take a look at our GoFundMe. Hopefully, we'll be able to um, get our site that we built and our community that we made, and maybe we'll be able to take it away from the corporate overlords that don't think it's worth anything and, and keep it going. So that's what we're trying to do. So hopefully sure. it'll it'll work out. It will. We're all we're all pulling for you, and uh, you know we wish you guys good luck. Thanks, and guys. hey, hopefully we don't have to wait this long to have you on again next time. So thanks for hanging yeah. out, Kelly. All right, enjoy the rest of the game, boys. You too. Take care. Thanks, Peace. Bye.